0: Gates. I heard a copy
1: calling. hello and welcome to the cop table podcast. I'm your host Peter Phillips. Tonight we are previewing the Wafford game at Anfield this Sunday. On the Watford side of things tonight we have Sean Walker. Sean is a writer for from the stands and a regular guest on the World Football Index podcast. So very warm welcome to the show Sean. Happy to be on. Thanks, mate. On the Liverpool side of things tonight, we have Kent Riley. Kent is uh, an actor. He's starred in shows such as ITV's Jericho, Silla, and Brief Encounters. Now a veteran of the Cop Table podcast. Welcome to the show, Kent. Thank you
2: very much for having me on again,
1: mate. You're very welcome. Spot on. Okay, yeah, we're going to uh, start off with yourself, Kent, after another excellent Attacking performance on Saturday, Palace. The balance of the teams looking, dare I say it, with um, Albert Moreno in it, looking looking very balanced. And Jurgen Klopp, is he likely to make changes for the for the game on Sunday? Do you think?
2: I hope so. The main one being I, know, I mean, I know he's coming and he, he kind of done his job, but I, I just kind of feel but well, a little bit more stable, a little bit more secure with Milner there. Mm. And kind of think he offers a little bit more of an assist as well. I mean, I know he got an assist, but I just think generally, you know, delivery wise, Milner seems a little bit more kind of experienced, if you like, knows where to put the ball in and sometimes at a a good time. So I don't know. I mean, that's the main one for me. I don't know whether Milner's, I hope he's kind of come back from uh, the illness, but that's the main one. I mean, the other one I'd maybe, uh, I don't know, I'm kind of torn at the minute. Um, is Wijnaldum and and, mm. and Chan. Um, I think Wijnaldum kind of hit the ground running, and a lot of people kind of were uh, kind of underwhelmed. But I think a lot of the the is, is is work is kind of going unnoticed, and only kind of further down the line after a few games, that people start to kind of appreciate, you know, what he done for us. And, and certainly, probably the biggest miss for us this, this season was uh, Wijnaldum against United. Um, yeah. I kind of felt like you know, Chan come in and he hadn't played a lot and I just felt like it slowed everything down. He takes maybe two or three touches too many sometimes and I just felt like we missed Gronaldum greatly and then, I mean, Chan coming in the other day and, you know, we've seen Gronaldum talk on loads about wanting to maybe get goals which he had done last season, previous seasons um, and Chan comes in and, and gets a goal so, I don't know, it's a tough one I, I can't really complain either all, but, I kind of, maybe a little bit torn, oh, sorry, Sway towards Bernaldom just because I think we look a little bit more paced if you like, uh, on the breaking and Certainly, certainly moving the ball around at times. With Bernaldom, I think Chan got put in. Maybe the obvious reason is because you know they're a strong and quite tall team. Palace. I know Bernaldom's good at got a good jump, but generally, I think you know he's a little bit of a board of a presence. Uh, chance. So, I don't know that they're the only two that spring to mind. Uh, other than that, I can't really see there being any other changes really.
1: Yeah, I'd agree with you on that point, Kent. Um, definitely the left back situation with it's Milner with his experience in it, that that know how, the knowledge that he's got, and he's just sucked to that role like a duck to water, hasn't he? And like you say, Winaldum. He was an half-missed against against United. Graham Kelly came on the podcast after that and he, he said exactly the same. And he, he said that he's fast becoming one of his favourite players in the Liverpool team for the job that he does. He, he's making us so fluid, isn't he? He's, he's got us turning mm-hmm. round from from defence into attack a lot quicker than, than what Emre yeah. does, although Emre does provide that bit more, as you say, protection with his height and his um, mm-hmm. and his strength. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what um, what Klopp does in, them, in both them positions.
2: I mean the the main thing with Wijnaldum and obviously I think I referenced this um, a while ago was or well, the other week is you know Wijnaldum seems to be what we hoped we, we got from Joe Allen, which yeah. is kind of just keeping everything ticking over as you said kind of fast transition, uh, and supporting the you know the, the kind of attackers when necessary and also you know defending when necessary and I think although that's a job that a lot of the players are expected to do under Klopp. Certainly, that midfield, that midfield area is, is where you know games won and lost. So you just need that kind of, kind of nous really, and you know a little bit of tactical, you know, no awareness really. And I think he offers all of that. He's got you know great technique, very good tactically by the looks of it. He's Dutch, so you know they generally are. And yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. He, he kind of has stood out. So it's a nice, you know, bit of a luxurious, luxurious position to be in when you're debating whether to have Chan or Wijnaldum in your team, who are you know both really strong and. You know, we'll, we'll do the job when they come in, which is kind of what we've been after for years, really, is, you know, players who are on the bench who, when they put one into the team, you're not complaining that they're kind of, it's weakened your team or it's kind of, you you, you know, you've, you haven't got a result because of X, Y, or Z. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I think either or... It is good, but I mean, I'd probably be swayed, as I said, to an out for, for Sunday.
1: Excellent stuff. Cheers, Kent. Okay, then, over to yourself, Sean, with um, Watford in seventh position in the Premier League at the present time, above Manchester United in the league. How impressed uh, have you been with the, the start of the season, and has it surprised you yourself, Sean?
0: It's been a brilliant se- uh, start of the season, but I wouldn't say it's massively surprised me. They, I thought we'd kind of be... By the stage mid-table after our brilliant brilliant uh, summer transfer window keeping hold of Troy Dini Igalo keeping him it wasn't the best of decisions but it was out of our hands Igalo had already refused all negotiations with China so I'd have preferred him gone but he's still been playing I mean, he's not been playing brilliantly but he had a uh, he's put in some solid performances uh, here and there Keeping some players and obviously bringing in some quality players. Pereira, obviously, the standout signing. And he's him, Deeney, success. They've really performed brilliantly. It's quality to see Watford play so well. But as of late, despite picking up seven points from nine, performance-wise, last three or four games hasn't been good at all. Middlesbrough, I don't know. If any of you two saw it, but it was on Super Sunday, ironically, <laughs> and it was a dire game. It was a... And there
2: wasn't
0: of... much super about it. No, <laughs> it was super, a... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was very, very poor. A Great strike from Holobastel to win the game, but it was a desperate game. Then I travelled to Swansea, nil uh, 0-0 result. No, we were never really in it. Gomez, man of the match got us a point and even against Hull I mean we hit the bar and the post but I think although the stats say you've not had a shot on target I recall Barami getting one on target and then scoring from a known goal it was again performance wise not very um positive to see I mean playing such a good Liverpool team on Sunday it's not very reassuring but we've pulled some great performances out of the bag this season like West Ham away and Manchester United at home, so if we can recreate that form, then I certainly can't see why we can't pick up, go to Anfield and pick up a result, but if you play like we have been playing the last few games, it's it's hard to see us getting anything other than a loss.
1: Yeah, I'd just like to ask you about... um... The manager obviously he was relatively unknown before he came to the to the Premier League, Walter Mazzari and what changes has he made fr- from last season under Kike Sanchez Flores. What what's the difference?
0: Oh it's an, I think it's a brilliant before, a brilliant um, appointment. I was actually happy to see Kike go. Um I loved what he had done for Watford. I'm grateful for what he done, as all Watford fans are, but I think often you look at Watford and go, newly promoted t- uh, newly promoted side. Well, I think it was thirteenth came last season in an FA Cup fi- uh, semi final. Why have they got rid of him? But his signings were poor, his tactics were poor, and if it wasn't for Agarlo's brilliant six months, we certainly would have got relegated. We had the second worst form in the league in 2016. That latter part of the season. Obviously, just above Villa, and if it wasn't for that brilliant start, we really would have gone down. And his, tactically, he was he was a shambles at times. But Mazzari's come in, lifted the team, made some great signings. He's switched the formation to a three-five-two, which at first I wasn't too convinced about. But defensively, we're looking brilliant. We have the quality up front to score goals, and that's why we're seventh in the league.
1: Yeah, very good start to, to the season and um, looks like a few positive changes have been made from, from last season but back over to yourself then, Kent just like to talk about our boys from Brazil Firmino and, and Coutinho looking more and more confident as the games go by and how important are they becoming to this Liverpool team more to the point now that Danny Ings is um, going to be out for it looks like uh, the rest of the season
2: Mm-hmm, 30th uh, so, so sad news. So, you know, so frustrating for obviously yeah. him. I imagine, you know, just talking to me maybe before, he's he's only 22, I think. Uh, Ings and yeah. know, like, these kind of injuries that put you out know, for so long, you know, he's only maybe got. I mean, it's a bad knee injury, is it? Is it a reoccurrence of the knee injury, or is it? You know, you
1: yeah, know, it, it's like um, it's from the previous the previous game against Tottenham. Apparently, is it's a reoccurrence of the old injury.
2: Is, so he's only really got one more of them in him? You know, when it comes to your knees, you know, you kind of get two, three max, you know, and he's only 22. Yeah. So, you know, you look at it now and, you know, he's to carry on with his career. He's got to be careful. He's got to be careful, particularly, you know, with knee injuries like that. I'm led to believe that, you know, there's a certain kind of, um, weakness that each time you have it, you know, when it's done and you have it kind of repaired and whatnot, you know, but it kind of it doesn't necessarily come back as strong. I may be wrong there, but I mean, from what I read, uh, I was reading uh, the original Ronaldo's book and he was talking about kind of his conscious decisions about knee surgery because of how kind of temperamentally he can be. Firstly, <laughs> sympathies to Wings and hopefully, you know, get well soon. And, you know, when he's back, he comes back because, you know, he seemed like a bright player and, and, and certainly someone that could have been useful for us. But yet yeah, with regards to Firmino and Catino, I think that, that at times and I put Instagrams on from time to time, just appreciating them, really. I mean, certainly <laughs> the, the, the main one for me still stands out. Probably the main game was the City away game, where they absolutely tore City apart, the pair of them. Yeah. Um Lallana had a little bit of a say, but I mean, them two were unbelievable that day. Uh, and, and I kind of hope that, I mean, that's where, I think that's been the peak so far, but I mean, maybe I'm, I'm, I'm forgetting about performances because that was so kind of, Flamboyant and, and kind of in your face, you know. It was a bit like the Arsenal game uh, from a couple of years earlier, but I, I don't know. I just think yeah, the, the pair of them are integral to how we play. Uh, certainly for me, know in terms of his his work rate, his tenacity, his pressing, um, his ability to win the ball in good areas as well. So we presses, but he presses and wins back. You know the the ball in in, in good areas, and I don't know. It's just the, the pair of them seem to have that you know that little understanding by all accounts obviously they're really good You know, they're good, they're good mates they're friendly with each other so they've got that kind of real good rapport and I don't know I just think it's <laughs> for me it's brilliant because it's a terrifying thing for the rest of the league to think that you know um, touchwood they're injury free you know they're, they're, they're flying and, and I think they can only get better as the season goes on
1: Yeah most definitely and just with regards to the Crystal Palace game when, when the two of them were excellent it just seems to me even if, if we concede a goal or two, that we're going to create that many chances in the game, courtesy mainly of them two, that mm. y- you never seem to be worried. I know I wasn't worried at all in that Crystal Palace in, in oh, it was two-two at time, but it was just like, mm. we're still going to be creating in this ch- in the second half between 10, mm. 15 mm. chances, and mm. they're going to be good chances. So y- mm. you can sort of relax in it, in, the, in the knowledge of that we are going to create chances, especially with these two in the team.
2: Well, that's it. and I think that's the main thing is that, you know, certainly that game, when you've got a feeling that the game's so open, you know, you, you, as you say, there is there is that kind of feeling that there's definitely more chances to be created here and it's about taking them and it seems to be. That's the most important thing. I think although we create chances, I think it's becoming now a little bit more clear that we're being a bit more clinical with the chances. Yeah. Now, if you look back to last year, I think we had a good spell where we were still creating loads but for whatever reason. You know, we weren't getting. You know, we weren't putting them in the back of the net, and, and that's the main problem, isn't it? Is you know, there's no better. No, there's no worse frustration. Sorry, of seeing a team that you know is creating loads, and you know, about the best example is United the other day against Burnley. Yeah. You know, seeing a team creating loads and, and coming away with a nil-nil home to Burnley, mm-hmm. I can't imagine that frustration. You know, because thankfully, you know, it's been. Although, you know, it's probably not that long ago, but it feels like a while ago since we've watched, you know, Liverpool in a (laughs) nil-nil, you know what I mean? So, uh, you know, long may it continue, but yeah, as long as we've got these kind of, the the players, you know, non-stop, that's how it feels to me, they're non-stop. They just keep going, they just keep going and and kind of, we we, we kind of reap the rewards. And I mean, just to kind of heap more praise on for me, you know, I mean, I think everyone knows Coutinho. You know, he's been around a little bit longer than Firmino, and at this point in his, you know, in his career, his age, he's kind of really matured. And but I mean, Firmino, even I think people are kind of recognising it now. He's still so underrated for what he does. Yeah. you know, he's probably he's not got the, the as much guile, if you like, as, as Coutinho. But I mean, some of the things and kind of just on bringing the ball down at times, you know, turning, kind of pressing your defenders, you know, getting in good areas. He's always in. He's always in good areas. Always. Watch how many times and I've said it to you know, me, me brother and I like he finds himself out, out wide just on the edge of the box and is able to just kinda do like a little cutback for someone. There are loads of occasions. Um yeah. I mean the main one I can think of, and I may be wrong here, I may have got this wrong, but I'm sure it was him who set the chance up for um Henderson. Uh, I think it was a was it a home to it was either Hull or, or Leicester. Mm. And, and he had the over the it's bar. Annoying because... Yeah, yeah, because yeah. it's one of them, you know, you lay them off and you think, if that's fallen to the right person, it's a sure fire, another goal. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and then Henderson, you know, shut me up because I was talking about that, that actual, that chance about a minute before his goal at Chelsea. <laughs> so he shut me up. But I mean, yeah, it's those type of things. And, you know, they're literally, although all the play and all the intricate play, that they're like bread and butter chances that are created so often for us now, it seems. So, you know... Whilst we've got them players in the team, um, I think we're always in with the child, as you said, and, and there's, there's just chances of plenty. I think it's now a case of, you know, and I mean, you mentioned before about the balance in the team. I'm still not sure it's right. I still think, and it, maybe this will always be the case, you know, when we've been compared to the Newcastle team under Keegan, we're always probably going to concede goals because of how we play. I think that the, the frustration for me is... Is cutting out the silly goals that can be avoided. That's the main frustration. I seen a stat of the day, which kind of just confuses me. We've conceded the most goals from the least amount of shots. So, but we've had like we've only had twenty-three shots on our goal or something. So, I mean, I don't know what the stat, but basically, it was a stat saying it's showing that we're good at defending in the sense of stopping these shots. <laughs>
1: but when, the but shots when they go, do come, they end up in going, the net. Yeah,
2: do you know what I mean? So <laughs> it's like. I said exactly the same right.
1: against Palace that like in the first half, they had two chances and scored two goals, which is exactly what you, yeah. you mentioned. Yeah. It, was, it was, it's unbelievable. Like you say, not just them two players as well in our attacking formation. It, it's Klein as well, isn't it? The way he's joining in that, that attack. He is just, he's performing out of his skin and he's, he's just providing yeah, yeah. another attacking body, um, without much defending to do really.
2: But I think the other thing as well is, uh, again, a lot of his work goes unnoticed. And, and, and I think what you want from your defenders, I always say this, and it's probably a little bit cliche, but sometimes, you know, a cliche is worn out that much that no one actually says it no more is, you know, from a, a good defensive point of view, you you kind of want them to go unnoticed. That's what yeah. defenders, good defenders for me, go unnoticed. You come away and, you know, you played an opposition where you've had maybe two or three chances and you haven't managed to, you know, you haven't managed to score. You've been beat. You know, only when you come away, you go, Oh my God, we took nothing from that. Cause like, we didn't get a chance because the defences, you know, just stopped everything. And that's kind of why you're watching a game. Sometimes you don't necessarily take that in. You're more looking at your own side and what they're to do and what they can do better. But actually, sometimes if defenders go unnoticed and do you know, they're doing what they need to do, you know, they're having a brilliant game that, you know, that that's what you want. That's what you want from your defence. You know what I mean? So yeah, I mean, Klein probably is kind of had a little bit of light shone on him, you know, of late because he has been, you know, so kind of consistent, but that's again, that's what you want from your defenders. You know, you look at the uh, account we've never really had an issue with right backs. We had, you know, my time I can recall, you know, fairly early days we had Rob Jones, I don't know whether Hegum. Hegum was a, a right back. Um Marcus Babel,
1: um Macheteer slotted in there for a bit,
2: didn't he? done there occasionally Marcus Babel, um who else? Uh Finan, Steve Finnan, or the you know uh glenn johnson you know we've always seemed to have right backs that kind of just get the job done And um, so yeah i mean Klein another one we seem to have you know struck lucky there he's coming he's kind of growing to the into the role uh, he was always kind of a highly weighted uh player but i mean yeah he's perfect for us and he's doing exactly what is necessary and you know as you said it's kind of really important to how we play support and everything and when necessary because of his engine he gets back and does what he needs to do so yeah, I think, you know, he's had a brilliant season so far and kind of been one of our best players, probably, if I'm honest. Um, but again, you know, the, the work that they do is a lot of the time, uh, you know, falls under the radar, which, from an opposition point of view, uh, I'll be fair, just kind of going kind of about our business. People not really noticing too much.
1: Spot on. Excellent, Kent. OK, then uh, back over to yourself then, Sean. With regards to um, Watford fans' hot topic at the moment on social media, Twitter and Facebook and things like that, is, is the lack of credit they uh, they receive. And there seems to be quite a, a lot of negativity a- aimed towards them. Is that something that you'd uh, agree with?
0: Yeah, certainly. A prime example of that was last week against Hull City, where Watford had put up a massive banner of Gino Pozzo, another banner underneath it of the chant Watford sing to himself, Gino Pozzo, the chairman yeah and a great banner loads of flags singing his name and obviously it's not being seen anywhere not match of the day not any highlights nothing but guarantee you if a big club like Liverpool like Man United had done anything half as good as that it would have just been posted everywhere it's ever since Gino Pozza actually took over we've had this negative limelight where we loaned probably 20-odd players from the likes of Udinese and Granada, who are co-owned by Gino Pozzo. Nice and his family, no,
2: yeah.
0: Yeah, and his family, the, the uh, Pozzo family. And there was a loophole where if you own the club, then you can almost loan as many players as you like. So we we brought over Forrestieri, uh, Matisse Vidra, some quite big names, and it was brilliant, but ever since then, we've kind of had this cheating, negative limelight, which has never been true. Even this forged banknote is, we've had a reeve has been sat there as, um, yeah, tell us a
1: little bit about uh, the background on this story, Sean. Um, I know it's been in, in the press today about one of the, the directors has, has resigned. Is that right? And there's something to do yeah. with a forged, um, banknotes from, from the takeover. Is that right?
0: So the executive chairman has, Resigned over this forged banknote appeal. This, from Telegraph, who are trying to be these superheroes. Uh, the FA asked him to resign, which he has. We certainly won't get a, uh, deducted points. We may get a fine. I still personally don't think we will because it has not got really anything to do with us. It's about this, der- this third party. Reva just, Filled out the note and just sent it, which he's kind of got the blame for. But Gino Pozzo certainly had the money because if you look at the stadium developments, we've had a whole new stand, a new club shop. He's invested so much money, even in signings, with 10 million for Pereira, 12 million for Success, six million here, eight million there. So he certainly had the money to what buy Watford for four million pounds. It's just it's just bizarre, really. Interesting.
1: Story that, that I've uh, heard about myself before. Yeah, right. Okay, then Sean. Looking forward to to the game on Saturday. What's what's the likely formation that Mazzari's going to go with, and, and what sort of tactics do you look? Do you think he will look to play at Anfield on Saturday? Uh, Sunday, sorry.
0: Well, he will uh, stick with the three-five-two. It's looking like total, um I think is a muscular injury picked up late in the whole game, so yeah. he's. Um, it looks like Christian Cabaselli will uh make a second start for Watford at the back with Eunice Cabool and Dritos who've been performing well recently. Amrabat on the and Holobas wing backs. Jan Mapp should be fit, but Amrabat was man of the match against Toll, has put in some brilliant performances of late, so I think he should keep his spot. Success may be a doubt, it's not looking like he'll be fit. Unfortunately, looks like a garlo will start. He's been putting in some, he started off the season quite well. I thought he, personally, I thought he'd put in some good performances, but recently he really has, since this, um, West Ham game, he really hasn't performed well at all. And it's, it looks, it's gonna look like he's gonna start again, which is disappointing for me, but,
1: which surprises yeah. me a little bit, Sean, because he, he was on fire last season, wasn't he, at Igalo, and mm-hmm. he was linked with moves to, to the likes of Arsenal and Manchester United, wasn't he? And It just seems that he um, his form's gone really down the pan, has it?
0: Yeah, since ever since December, it's really just gone completely downhill. I mean, you can... I think Jamie Vardy's gone on a bit of a gold route, but he's putting in some good performances, and if you're putting in good performances, as you can't really complain, but Egalo has two or three good performances maximum since January. It's completely, ever since December, it's just completely gone downhill, struggling to score. I mean, he's had some easy opportunities. I don't know if you saw the one against Manchester United where the ball's fallen to him and it's an open goal and he even has time to take a touch.
1: I remember it, yeah.
0: just He's just snatched at it, which a year ago he would have never done. He would have like easily... Started it in, and it just shows the signs of a player who's really lacking confidence in front of the goal.
1: Excellent stuff, uh, thanks very much, Sean. Okay, then back over to yourself, Kent. I'd like to talk about uh, the defensive pairing. Obviously, uh, loving made that Howler for the first Palace goal didn't, didn't he, and um, didn't do much in the way of of challenging for the for the second goal. First of all, do you see Klopp sticking with him long-term? And secondly, um, moving on to Joel Matip, how impressed have you been with, with his performance?
2: Um, firstly, Lovren, it, it kind of becomes, I said it to my brother, I used it for the partnership, that's coming, is if you were in Sunday League and your defensive partnership was Matip and Lovren, you already feel like, you feel with Matip, you know what you get, and he's going to be very sensible, he do exactly what's necessary. Mm. and you're happy with him. And then if you add Lovren, you're thinking there's always the chance that he'll do something mental and it's going to cost you the goal. That's what you would think, even at Sunday league level, if you were a player and you had Lovren and matter in your team. There's always that chance that Lovren, who, I mean, I don't know whether, it, I mean, he probably has. He's come on, he's he, he come on under Klopp. But I mean, you know, looking at him, it it's always seems to be like he, he thinks he's a, 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 a more of a player than he is. That's the main problem, I think. So, you know, I mean, he's cut out a lot of the nonsense, but I remember when he was coming out trying to take people on, doing step overs and stuff like that. I mean, I would be very surprised if long term we didn't look at bringing someone in. I would be surprised, I think. Only because I I just think if you want to, certainly if you want to be a top, top team, you've got to have real stability defensively. And I just can't see that happening. I mean, Mattip's come in and just settled down perfectly. Does his job, does it calmly, knows what he needs to do. Um and, and I don't know, it just it just feels like he's been there years. Whereas Lovren at any moment in time can it make you feel like it's his first game and he's flapping at yeah. any moment. And so
1: probably doesn't help him with the fact um that that Carrius is a new goalkeeper as well. Obviously, Min mm, you lay mm, behind him and now he's also getting used to Carrius, to mm, but like you say he's He's always susceptible to that to that brainwave, isn't he, well, where he can just do something yeah. <laughs> stupid.
2: But to be honest, Peter, I don't know whether it's necessarily anything to do with your goalie. I know that goalies can have an effect on the defenders and vice versa, but it's not been an issue for Matthew. Do you know what I mean? yeah. You know, it's one of them. You know, I would understand if that's if that's an argument if kind of the fence is all over the shop, but mm. you know, it's not. And, and to be fair, maybe we're being a bit unfair on Lover and I don't think there's been many occasions that I can think of off the top of my head like there was last season uh, where he, he kind of made glaring errors where It's led to goals. I, I can't think off the top of my head, but I mean that was certainly one the other day. And as you said, even for the second, he didn't really, he wasn't really there to get up. So yeah, I think further down the line, I would be very surprised if, you know, we didn't try and get someone else in to, to kind of just shore things up again. Uh, I feel really kind of frustrated, if you like, of the scenario that happened with Sacho because
1: yeah,
2: I was a big fan. I was a big fan of Sacho, Although he, sometimes he'd give me little moments where I was uneasy. I think it was more to do with how he looked on the ball as opposed to what he actually done. You know, he was kind of. Arguably one of our best defenders we've got. So, well, he is. Sorry, no, he is. So, the scene kind of flows out. I mean, obviously, it's a thing where you know it happens everywhere. If you upset a manager and kind of, you know, you get past the point of no return, that's what happens. So, I can kind of understand if there's been stuff that's gone on and and certainly a lot of it was publicised as well. Yeah. Um, It's been a bit of a nuisance and stuff. And I think from what I read, the last kind of breakdown was that the whole little Snapchat thing is uh, kind of probably you know I think it's that was the the straw that broke the camel's back if you like I just think that wasn't the way to 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 act in certain under a manager like Klopp who kind of and I don't know this may be a a facade I don't believe it to be he seems like you know an approachable fella where you know there was an issue you can have it out with him I kind of felt like he's probably done it the wrong way Um, so yeah I mean certainly. Defensive wise, January, if there's an opportunity, which I think is probably the, the main thing to stress for the January transfers is all about what's available uh, and knowing it's available. Because I think a lot of the time people trying to buy players, you know, are getting quoted all sorts of money because they're apparently not available. Um, whereas, you know, with the best, probably the best January transfer window you can ever tell me about. Uh, and I'm sure you'll probably agree, Sean, is, you know, a hard transfer window for a refined and Katim. You know, um, yeah. and buying twenty million. You know, that doesn't happen often. Do you know what I mean? So um, you know, unless there's someone who you know is available there for a good price, uh, you know, I you know, I don't think we'll do anything. But uh, you know, if there is someone certainly as a left or, or centre back, I would be going to try and, to try and strengthen them there still.
1: Yeah, speaking to um, to one or two people who, who have got connections at the club, apparently the scouts are out in um, in Germany and they're, they're heavily looking at a couple of centre-halves over there. From me, my own point of view, it's probably the likes of Jonathan Tarr and... Um, the mm-hmm. guy Sewell from, I, think, I don't know whether he's mm-hmm. a Chalker or one of Hoffenheim, one of them teams. But yeah, apparently the scouts are over in Germany. He's working heavily on, on targets over there. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in January. Obviously, with, like you say, the Sacco situation, it looks like he's going to be moved on, unfortunately, even though he, he did mm-hmm. have a, a good season. And yeah, it looks like he's fell out with Klopp. So he's going to have to be replaced, isn't he, for a um, mm-hmm. counter. Re- can't rely on Lucas being your, your third, fourth choice centre back with Gomez only just recently coming back from a long-term injury as well. So it's, it's definitely one, one area of the pitch that if, if something does, um, break down like Lovren or Matty, you you're, you're looking elsewhere, aren't you? So hopefully January comes, we'll, um, we'll address that situation. Okay. Then lads, what we're going to do now is head over to the, the quiz part of the show. Obviously Kent knows about this. Sean, what we do is five questions each five-question shootout. While Liverpool are the home team this weekend, Kent's going to go first, and then I'll take yours after that. Okay, Sean? Sounds good. Not a problem. Okay, then. First question for yourself, Kent, is from which club did Liverpool sign Joel Matip from on a free transfer? Schalke. Very good answer, Kent, yeah? It is Schalke. That's 1-0 to you. Sean, your first question on similar lines is from which club did Wofford sign Norden Amrabat? Malika? It's another good answer, yeah. That's one apiece. Second question for you, Kent. Who was Liverpool's top goal scorer in all competitions last season from Philip Coutinho, Daniel Sturridge or Roberto Firmino?
2: Hmm. When I know Firmino got it like, ten or eleven goals
1: in the league. I can't think if he scored any others in the Europa scored one against United. I'd probably go with Firmino. It's actually Daniel Sturridge Really? He, yeah, thirteen goals. Firmino was uh, eleven in total and Coutinho twelve. So yeah. Your next Didn't question mind. is um along similar lines as well, Sean. Who was Watford's top goal scorer? last season from Odian Agalo, Troy Dini or Etienne Capoue
0: well last season Capoue somehow didn't get a single goal Dini got 15 in is this in all competitions yeah yeah I think Dini got I'm pretty sure Dini got 15 in all competitions and I'm sure Agarlo probably would have got 15 16 yeah I'll probably go Agarlo it's
1: actually Troy Dini
0: wow how many did Agarlo get in the league then
1: I think it was thirteen and Dean. Yeah, and then, yeah. yeah Dini oh, was Igarla one or two got,
0: more. Yeah, because Igarla would have got. Igarla scored once in the FA Cup. I I can, twi- yeah, Igarla scored twice in the FA Cup. Against Arsenal, and Forest. Deany scored against Newcastle. Yeah.
1: So yeah, one it on. was <laughs> it was actually uh, Troy Deeni. <laughs> okay then, lads. Third question, isn't it? So it's still one apiece. Third question for you, Kent is. Who has the most goals for Liverpool this season from, and this is also in all competitions, Dejan Lovren, Adam Lallana or James Milner?
2: Um, I think is Milner on four and Adam Lallana on three. Uh, I'll probably go with Milner.
1: So a good answer, yeah. And you were right. It was four and Lallana three. Lovren yeah. two. That's 2-1 to Kent, and it's a third question for Sean. Who has the most goals this season for Watford in the Premier League from Holobas, Agarlo, or Deeney? That's got to be Troy. It is, yes. Deeney, three. Holobas two. And Agarlo's just got the one.
0: My mind's gone blank. So Deeney scored against United, Bournemouth, and who else?
1: Did he score the weekend?
0: Ah, oh, West Ham, yeah, that's it. No, he didn't score, he was given as a disallowed Goal, but I it would have been West Ham away.
1: Right, yeah, on the, um, on the, I think it was the Wikipedia page I got the answers from, he, he's, yeah. he's down as having three. That's so, Kent, who made the most total appearances in all competitions for Liverpool last season from Philip Coutinho, Roberto Firmino or Dejan Lovren? <coughs> most appearances in all competitions... <coughs>
2: Mm. They all had little spells out with injury, didn't they? I would say probably. Is it Firmino?
1: It's correct, yeah. Yeah He he made forty nine appearances in all competitions. Coutinho forty three and Lovren forty. Mm. So yeah he was um just one away from fifty games in one season last last year.
2: My dad. Isn't his first his first it was his first
1: full season. Yeah. Yeah, mad dad. So Right, fourth question for you Sean is Who made the most appearances in the Premier League this is last season for Watford from Etienne Capoue Ben Watson or Jarelio Gomez
0: Well see Jarelio Gomez didn't start much didn't he, I don't think, you know he didn't play a single cup game but I think I'd still go for Aurelio Gomez
1: you, Are you going with Herelio Gomez?
0: Yeah I'll go for Gomez
1: you'd be correct 38 appearances Kapuwe 33 and Watson 35
0: mm. see I remember Kapu getting injured at Wembley so he was out for the remaining couple of months
1: right okay so you're both on to your final question right okay Kent in total how many red cards did Liverpool receive <clears throat> last season in all competitions was it 1 2 or three?
2: No, I can't even think of any. There can't have be many. Get non to I'm gonna say one. It was actually
1: three. Really? Yeah, it was. I remember Emre Khan got one, didn't he? Um, was Can it? got one? Phil Coutinho got one. Was it against City? And the other one was James Milner away at Palace.
2: Ah. Yeah. So. Yeah, we were down to ten men when we scored the winner. Yeah.
1: That's right, yeah. So it was three, right? Sean, you've got... You can take the uh, the quiz on this last question if you get it right. So, similar lines again. Last season, in all competitions for Watford, how many red cards did they receive? One, two, or three?
0: See, so, all right. Bristol and Ake both got sent off. This is in all competitions. And we must have got... All- Somewhere along them lines. So I'm gonna go for three. It's
1: a very good answer, Sean, yeah. You've oh, took oh, the quiz. The
0: star. <laughs> oh, happy happy days.
1: Four, three. Fantastic quiz. Very good knowledge last Excellent.
0: As be the same result on Sunday
2: hopefully i was just about to say as long as it's not that on Sunday I'm, I'm
1: not bad <laughs> yeah just un- unfortunately a recurring theme on the, uh, on the podcast is Sean whoever takes the quiz usually um, loses the game the following yeah. weekend <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> so I'm glad you lost it to be honest Kent <laughs> <laughs>
2: I've done them on purpose mate <laughs> nice one Okay
1: then, lads. Just before we uh, we end the podcast, what we do each week is we play an unsigned band or an unsigned artist. This week, I'm going to play a band who's been in touch with us uh, on Twitter called Larkins, and the song for you I'm going to play tonight is called Velvet. Take From heartbreak what you will
2: For I have no desire To fight fire with fire too late
1: So that was Velvet by Larkins. You can follow the lads on Twitter at Larkins Band. they got got um, also on SoundCloud at The Larkins. Some really good um, songs by the lads on there and speaking to them this week, uh, hoping for um, big things in the music industry, so check them out. So a big thanks to Kent Riley and Sean Walker for joining us on the Cup Table podcast tonight. Really appreciate your time,
2: lads. Thank you very much, Peter. I just uh, I just pulled my cake out of the oven, so I'm just trying it now. It's absolutely
1: delicious. Fantastic for our for our listeners. Just before we end the show, Kent's been uh, baking cakes tonight. So um, any requests in the future, you know where to head. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Okay, so that's the cup Table podcast preview of the Watford game coming up this Sunday. Next week we'll be back uh, with the Southampton preview. So thanks very much everybody for listening and good night.
0: We had on the wing We had dreams and songs to sing Of the glory